All right, hi, this is Roland Fisher, lead pastor of Second City Church, and we hope that you're well. Welcome to our online service. We hope you leave today encouraged, full of faith, and ready to take the kingdom of God wherever you may go. Before we get started today, let's consider this our lobby moment where we have an opportunity to get to know one another. If you would, please share your name and maybe from where you might be worshiping with us today. In just a moment here, you'll see a countdown letting us know that worship is about to begin, and you can prepare your heart during that time. But we just wanted you to know that we're so glad that you've chosen to join us today. And once again, welcome.
declare, blessed be your name for sending your son to die on the cross for us, Lord. Blessed be your name for taking all of our sins. Blessed be your name, Lord. jealous for me Love's like a hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his Wind and mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware Of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I Realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are for me. And oh, how he loves us. Oh, oh how he loves us. How he loves us all. like a hurricane I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions eclipsed by glory and I realize just how beautiful you are and how your affections on for me cause he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves us oh how he loves yes he loves us By the grace in his eyes, grace is an ocean where all sinking. So heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss. My heart turns violently inside of my chest, and I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about.
quickly we forget that God lives in every day. How easy to lose sight that you reside in the mundane. How quickly we forget the power that's running through our veins. The kind of power that empties green. Oh, my soul, remember who you're talking to.
who death bounds to That's the God who walks with you And oh my soul You know that if he did it then That he can do it all again His power can still raise the dead don't tell me that he's finished yet Hi, welcome to Second City Church. I'm Sarah Baker, campus missionary at Second City, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. Before we get started with announcements, please take a moment to prayerfully invite someone to church by sharing this link and checking us out on YouTube. Throughout today's message, click the request prayer button and we would be honored to stand with you in a prayer in a private chat thread right now or anytime throughout the message. At Second City Church, our vision is Christ, community, and culture. We are here to worship Jesus Christ, share life together in community, and be empowered to impact our culture by bringing the kingdom of God in every sphere of influence. Here are some ways to practically get connected. At the end of today's message, you'll see an opportunity in the chat box to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life today. Click the link so we can get connected with you and help you get started in this amazing new life with Jesus. You can join a community group by going to our website. Join a group to get connected with others and practically apply God's Word in our lives. Navigate over to secondcitychurch.com and click the culture tab to find all the ways to engage our culture with the good news of Jesus and bring God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Our Madison, Wisconsin missions trip is coming up Saturday, October 9th through Monday, October 11th. Join us as we do outreach to reach and serve the city and campus of University of Wisconsin-Madison. See our website and church center for details. Deadline to register is October 3rd. And October Community Day is coming up Monday, October 11th from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. Come and go as you please. It's going to be at Ben and Kendall Foote's house. This is a time for the church and surrounding community to come and spend time with one another, relax, encourage, and edify. This month's Community Day is BYOP, Bring Your Own Pumpkin Event. Come hang out with your church fam and bring a pumpkin if you want to carve it with friends old and new. There will be food, games, couches to sit on, porches to chill on, bonfires to cook your marshmallows, and much more. Again, go to our website and church center app to RSVP. And the 2021 Fall Men's Retreat is October 15th through the 17th. Join the Fall Men's Retreat for a time of prayer, worship, teaching, barbecue, cookout, and time alone with God. This is to be an intentional time where you can pursue the Lord and just be in His presence for an entire weekend. The cost is $100 to cover food, lodging, and activities. Please register today. A membership class is happening Sunday, October 17th after service. Do you want to know the history of God's work at Second City Church? Is God possibly calling you to join in the mission He has? Then come check out the membership class. And we are now rebuilding our children's ministry since the pandemic. Kids, join us 15 minutes before service online and in person, 9.45 a.m. to 10 a.m. for the children's ministry. Now let's continue our time of worship through giving. Second Chronicles 23.18 says, 
and Jehoiada posted watchmen for the house of the Lord under the direction of the Levitical priests and the Levites whom David had organized to be in charge of the house of the Lord to offer burnt offerings to the Lord as it is written in the law of Moses with rejoicing and with singing according to the order of David. Today, like the watchmen in the order of David, let us bring our tithes and house and offerings to the house of the Lord with rejoicing and singing as we do. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you that better is one day in your courts than a thousands elsewhere, God. Holy Spirit, open up our hearts, God, and our minds, Jesus, how you want to transform us today as we counter you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we'll have the message. All right, today we have a very special privilege to welcome one of my best friends in the world. His name is Pastor Reggie Roberson, and he is the lead pastor of our sending church, Kings Park International Church in Durham, North Carolina. Now, Reggie and I had the privilege of really growing up in the Lord together as we were students at the University of North Carolina in Cha at Chapel Hill, really learning about the love of God, but also what it meant to serve Jesus Christ by his word as Lord. And so Reg is going to deliver a word to us today that will really strengthen us as a church. He's been uh, really somebody who's been part of the prayer backing, the oversight, the, uh, the girding up, the training, the teaching, and really the stewardship of all that God's been doing in this house of Second City Church. And we welcome him today as he gives us the word of the Lord. So would you welcome Pastor Reggie Roberson with me today? Second City Church is so good to be with you today. Uh, I am excited about the word that I have for you. And for those of you who uh, may not know me, my name is uh, Reggie. I'm a good friend of Pastor Rollin and B for so many decades. Uh, and I can remember us as college students dreaming about this church before it was ever started and praying. And so it's always a privilege for me to see what God has done and bringing really something out of nothing, out of the prayers of your pastors who are incredible and great. And so if you're new uh, to Second City Church, I encourage you to get to know these leaders, get to know the pastors. They're amazing people. So today I want to talk to you about something. Um, you know, it's interesting that when we encounter times of uncertainty, like we have in these last 18 months, we can start to ask ourselves certain questions. And one of those questions I have asked, and I'm sure you've asked, is, God, what are you up to? What are you doing in this particular time in my life? For many of us, these last 18 plus months have seemed like a wilderness experience. The Israelites also had a wilderness experience. And listen, the wilderness experience isn't just about a place that is dry, or like a desert. The wilderness experience can be also a place in which you experience challenges, you experience frustration, you experience battling, you experience the in-between. What's the in-between? It's in-between where you are and where you want to go. It's on the way to the destination. We've all experienced moments like this, this wilderness experience. And what we find is that we can actually glean insight into 
what this experience is really all about from the Israelites. It's so great when you can actually look back on something that happened and say, man, this is what God was doing. This is what he wanted from my life. I'll never forget as graduating from college, trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I decided to go into campus ministry and actually with uh, Roland and B and B and I um, got, had a chance to go out to California and be participate in this program where we learned to do ministry. And I'm going to tell you what, it was an expensive program, at least for back then, early 2000, around 2000 is when it was. And, and, and it was, it, it cost $15,000 to be in this program. And I remember only having about two or three when I went out there and I started participating in this program. And then we reached a moment where there was no other money that, that I had. And so I started to be get, get anxious and fearful. It affected my physical body and stressed out and all of that. And I went and talked to the dean and the dean was like, I have confidence and faith that something good is going to happen, that God's going to come through. And I tell you what, I so wish that I had his confidence at that time, but I didn't. And so I suffered. And um, what happened was, is that despite uh, the lack of expectation in that particular moment because of God's goodness, he came through for me. And actually the money came in that I needed to complete uh, my education and to be trained. And as a result, I'm here today and I'm speaking to you because God came through. It's just so interesting that although God does not cause the pain and suffering that we experience, at times, and many times, and every time, if we allow him, he will use the pain and the suffering that we might be going through the wilderness experience to actually build something in us. That's what I want to talk about. Is, and, and, and that's the message I have for you this morning, that God is building something in you during this time. And what he's doing is he's building in you the ability for you to be able to carry and steward the blessings that he wants to give you. Now, that's an interesting word you say, steward. What is that all about? Or stewardship. I think of stewardess on an airplane. And what they're responsible for is managing the environment of the airplane. Making sure you have your, your drink and making sure you're comfortable and the, and making sure you know where the bathrooms are and you know how to respond in case of an emergency, right? We all hear that when we get on the airplane. And so that's the key. A steward is someone who manages or cultivates a particular environment or blessings or resources that have been given to them. And what I hear God saying is that he is building this in us so we can be good stewards to cultivate the blessings that he wants for us. And I see this in Deuteronomy chapter eight. And I want us to go through this because we're gonna see some good insight and examples into what God could be doing in our lives at this time. It says here in Deuteronomy 8, 2, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you 
in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He gave you manna, this is verse 16, he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end it might go well with you. Deuteronomy 8.16. Here's my main thought for us this morning, is God is testing so that we can properly steward his blessings. God is testing so that we can handle his blessings. Let's take a moment to pray. Father, I thank you for every person viewing this. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to understand what you're doing in our lives. Help us to receive it so that we can be blessed in the way that you want us to be, according to your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. So God is testing so you can steward his blessings. This is what's happening in this particular wilderness experience. And this is what we see with the children of Israel. And I wanted to encourage you this morning in this. Now, in order for us to understand this, let me give you an example of what's happening in our household right now. I have a 12-year-old who's going on 13. And we're taking him and a group of guys two other, three other guys through something called a journey to manhood. And in this journey, it's our hope as they finish learning what it means to be a man. And we're using Robert Lewis's definition of a real man obeys God's word and loves and protects God's woman and embraces God's work and better God's world. And so though that's his definition is all out of Genesis chapter one and chapter two. And we're teaching this to him. And our hope is that he will respond well, that he will actually pick up responsibilities. And the the goal is as he becomes more responsible that we can then bless him and give him privileges and things that he could not previously do. But now as a 13-year-old, having gone through the process, he can handle the, the blessings that we give him because he's able to embrace the responsibilities he has. Friends, I see this a lot like what God is doing for us in this season. God wants to know, can you handle the blessings he wants to give to you? Can you handle them? Will you be a good steward over them, a good manager over these particular blessings? And this is the same test that he actually put the Israelites through. There are three things that are in, that God's trying to prove in our lives or test us with when it comes to this. Three things. He wants to know whether we're humble, heedful, and hopeful. Let me say that again. He wants to know if we're humble, heedful, and hopeful. And I want to explain each of these particular things here. The first one is humble. Let's read this in in Deuteronomy 8, 2 through 3. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what is in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Verse three, he humbled you, there's that word again, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What's this scripture saying? It says, he let you hunger so that you would become humble. 
I think of this particular time and how so many people that were in quarantine and feeling isolated now have a totally different perspective and a new appreciation of relationships. Even people who were introverted, at some point, they even lost it during the quarantine. We're like, man, I, I enjoy my family. I want to see them. I want to do this. What's happening is that, that God is showing you through the wilderness that, that you need something. And see, it, the, the whole point of this is, is God saying to the Israelites, hey, listen, you need to depend on me. See, this is how he describes humility in this particular text. Humility is knowing that God is your source and also developing a dependency on God. That's what humility is. This is the humility test. The question is, will you see and view God as your source, your source of life, your source of satisfaction, your source of joy, your source of fulfillment, or will you see something else as that source? Will it be a job? Will it be money? Will it be how many likes you have on Instagram or Facebook? What will it be? What will be your source of fulfillment? And see, in this particular scripture, he, 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 Moses, who's the writer of this text, is saying, Israelites, who's your source? And, 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 and he uses this analogy of food. He said, God fed you manna from heaven in order to teach you that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. What's going on here? He's saying, listen, we need to be so dependent on God and see him as our source of fulfillment in life that we depend on his word just like we do food. I mean, we can't live without food. We enjoy food. We love food. And this is what God's saying. The same way you're so dependent on food, you need to depend on God. You need to depend on his presence. You need to depend on his power. You need to depend on his purposes and his promises in your life. You need God. This is the test. This is what humility is all about. The humble test. Is God your source? Do you depend on God? See, here's the thing here. When we are able to say that, we do, then we pass the humble test. And we show ourselves as those that can handle the blessings that God wants to bring into our lives. This scripture also, though, takes a look at those who fail the humble test. In verses 12 and 14 of this chapter and 19, here's what it says. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and your flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all are multiplied and everything's going well for you, then your heart will become proud, the opposite of humble. And you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. Verse 19, he says, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow the gods and worship other gods and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you 
will surely be destroyed. See, we fail the humble test when our hearts are lifted up and we start to consider something else, the source of our blessing, the source of our life and our satisfaction and, and our joy. When we start to depend on something else. Now, here's the thing. Some of us may not be actively thinking, oh, well, this is my source or this is what I depend on, but yet we find ourselves grossly dependent on something else, on some person, on some substance, on some entertainment. Some of us even dependent on social media. And it's become so entrenched in our souls. The first thing we do when we get up in the morning, whatever it may be, See, when, when, when this happens and we see something else as a source or, or we depend on it, we become unreliable stewards of the blessings of God. So because here's what's going on is that we're starting to lean on things that, are, that are, are shaky. All of these things are shaky. They're empty. They never make good on their promises. They don't actually give us the life that we should have. They're fickle. And when we're leaning on something fickle, then we become fumblers of the blessings that God wants to bring in our lives. The truth is, is that there's only one thing that is unshakable. There's only one thing that is eternal. There's only one thing that does not shift or vary that is unshakable and totally reliable, and that is Jesus Christ, God Almighty, the Eternal One. He is unshakable. He is reliable. There's no one like Him. And when I am leaning on the reliable, then I can handle the blessings that He gives me in a reliable way. I can be a steward of those things God's given me. See, being humble means we lean on the reliable and therefore we are reliable stewards of God's blessings for his glory and the benefit of others. God is testing so we can be steward of his blessings. Now, here's, a, here's another one, another test that's going on here. And it's the test of not just will we be humble, but will we be heedful? Heedful means that we are attentive and careful to follow. Look at this in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Then he goes on in verse 5 and 6. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord God disciplines you. He trains you. He's testing and training you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. See, stewarding the blessings of God requires that we get practice in heeding God. Why is that? Because we're stewards. See, a steward is not an owner. He's a manager, like we mentioned. God is the owner. And so if we are going to steward the blessings of God, who is the owner of the blessings, then we need to hear his voice and understand how he's leading us to manage the blessings he wants to bring in our lives. It's kind of like this. When I was working at a restaurant named Arby's, and maybe you've never been there before, they make great roast beef sandwiches and curly fries. But as a 16-year-old, 
I found myself getting raises and promotions in that particular place. But here's the reason why. It's because I would do the sauces in the particular way that was very neat. I would always deliver on the drive-through. I would always make the meat the way he wanted me to. And, and so basically what was happening is I was valuing the responsibilities given by the owner of the restaurant and being a good steward over it. And therefore he blessed me with more pay and more of a, a more influence. And so this is what God wants to do in our lives as he's testing us. Will I heed his voice? See, the real question here though, is will I not listen to other voices, other perspectives, other uh, things that are trumpeting themselves in society? This is important for us. That's the question for you. Whose voice will you ultimately listen to? God wants to bless us, but it's going to come to us as we are obedient to him. And sometimes we heed the voices of politicians and those who are, are spouting out popular ideologies. And we, we listen to those voices. And here's the thing, is that those voices aren't God. They're not representing who God is. Listen, if you're a believer in Christ, you cannot get confused on who your king and leader is. Yes, there are many politicians, many leaders, but ultimately you only have one king. That king is Jesus. We can't get confused with voices that are saying life is all about money. You need to make as much money as you can. That's where you'll find security and joy. We can't listen to popular ideologies that say, man, life is all about romance and sex. That's what it's all about. That's where you'll have pure and genuine pleasure in your life. We can't listen to voices that say life is all about us expressing ourselves. Man, express yourself. You know, we can't listen to these voices that say, you just do you. And when you do that, then you'll really know who you are. See, here's the thing about it is that all of those things that promise you identity, true identity, pure joy and pleasure that offer security, every single one of these things are shaky and will not fulfill what they promise you. They will only lead to empty promises. And listen, God doesn't want people stewarding his blessings that are filled with emptiness because they're filled with empty promises. No, no, no. Let me tell you, instead of putting our faith and trust in these empty promises from popular theology or th uh, popular ideology and politicians and all of these different things, man, we need to put our faith in God. Why? Because God created the universe. God is the one who has the power and authority to back up and fulfill every single thing he promises. He promises something. It is not empty. It will come about by his power. And everything we see around us is evidence of that because he spoke it and it came into being. God will make good on his promises. So we need to heed his voice. See, the heeding of his voice means we're able to manage and steward well the promises, blessings that he's given us in his life for our lives. The promises and the blessings are connected with the king, with the owner, 
And we steward them as, as those who are connected with him. That's how we'll steward them well. See, God's testing to see if you can handle his blessing, even during this wilderness time. The last thing I want to talk about is not just being heedful, but hopeful. Heedful and hopeful. See, a, a good steward is going gonna, is gonna to trust the owner, the goodwill, the intent of the owner. And, and here's the thing about it. Picture someone who's a, a benevolent boss, who loves his employees, who takes care of them, who does all this good thing. Now picture someone who is just an, a, a boss who is not benevolent, who's evil, who only wants work out of his employees and wants to make as much profit and doesn't care about them. If you picture these two people, these two bosses, and this is important because what God is saying in this particular text is that I'm like the first boss. I'm the good, benevolent God. I'm even better than him because he has flaws and I'm perfect. And he says, because I am a good God, you can be hopeful. You can have an expectation that I am going to deliver on my promised blessings. Look at all the good things that he tells the Israelites here. He says, for the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing out in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees and pomegranates and olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. And when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. See, here's what I'm saying to you, is while we're in the wilderness, we can have hope. We can be hopeful because God is good and he makes good on his promises. We can be hopeful. We don't have to be in this wilderness looking around saying, oh my gosh, is, is this all that we have? Are we going to be stuck in this pandemic forever? Will things ever change? We don't have to do that. Listen, when we ask ourselves those questions and we ask other people those questions, they can't give us good answers. We can't give ourselves good answers. Why? Because we're finite people. We only can see what's in front of us. But God, if we bring these questions to God, who knows the beginning and the end of the whole situation, of the whole matter, then God will remind us of what he's promised us. And not only that, God will also remind us of his goodness. And he'll give us permission in the wilderness, in a time of frustration, in challenges, in the middle of a pandemic. He will remind us of his goodness and give us permission to have hope. You have permission if you trust God today in the middle of everything that's going on all over the world. You have permission to have hope. Don't bury the light of your hope in the wilderness. Don't bury it. You need the light of your hope because that is going to increase your faith. That is what's going to energize your life. That 
is what's going to give you gratitude and thanksgiving in the middle of this particular time that's going to allow you to continue to progress and move forward and to receive the promises that God has for you. See, if they had only known what God would do with them, the blessings that he would grant them, the testing that was happening, how different would it have been for them, the Israelites? But here's the thing. You and I, we have this scripture. We know what God's up to. God's testing so that we can handle the blessings he wants to give. I want to speak some specific things to you now prophetically that I feel like God's saying about this church and about you. What jumped out to me in this text that we read was the, this pomegranates. See, in the Old Testament, the pomegranate was the symbol of two things. First, it was a symbol of prosperity. I believe God's saying that he is going to bring prosperity to you, particularly in your jobs, where there's been a blockage, a wall. I see the wall coming down and God prospering you and giving you great success in your job. Promegranates were also symbol of multiplication. I really hear the Lord saying that he is going to multiply the youth and the campus and the next generation, the students that are coming in are going to multiply. And some of you are called to help nurture this next generation in that multiplication. Another thing that jumped out to me was the waters, the mention, mention of these beautiful waters, springs and rivers and all of that in the text we just read. I believe God's saying that times of refreshing are coming to you, that souls are going to be energized with the presence of the Lord, and you're going to have a passion burning in you. I also believe that God is saying, when I see the, the copper and the, the iron, that God's saying that he's going to provide financially for you in your home. There are things some of you have been believing for, and I can see God coming and providing for you in a very powerful way. And he's also going to provide for this church. This church will experience the provision necessary to move forward. So how do we Look at all of this. See, I wanted to share this with you because I wanted you to understand that the wilderness in all of its obstacles and all of its different opposition that you may be experiencing, that there is an opportunity to grow and to become a steward of the blessings that God has for you. What do we need to do? We need to embrace the testing for the blessing. Embrace it. How do we do that? Embrace it by reminding yourselves of God's promise of his word in your life, remembering the gospel. God's a good God that he's going to work things out for your good. And you remind yourself as you speak the word out of your mouth and as you pray. Another thing you can do is, is, Embrace the, the, the testing by, for the blessings by reminding those who are in their own wildernesses, your friends and everyone else who's experiencing challenging time, remind them of God's goodness and, and, of, and give hope to them by sharing what he's speak, speaking. Listen, life is all about relationships. Those are some of the biggest blessings you have. And the other thing that you can do 
Pray and ask God to help you to be humble, to be heedful, to be hopeful. Say, God, give me strength because I want to be a good steward of the blessings that you bring to me. You know, the greatest strength that we can receive in all of this is by looking at the example of Jesus Christ. Jesus was humble. According to Philippians chapter 2, 6 through 11, he showed his humility by putting on human flesh, becoming a human, although he was God and leaving the vast riches of heaven and coming into the impoverty or the poverty of earth. He was humble. Jesus was also heedful. The scripture goes on to tell us that he obeyed God the Father by going to the cross, dying for your sins and my sins. The sins of living a selfish, self-centered life all around us and the wrongdoings that we've committed towards others. But he died for that. He went to the cross so that we could receive forgiveness and we could be brought back into a relationship with God the Father. Jesus was also hopeful. Hebrews 12, 2 says that he had a hope set in front of him, a joy. And that was one of the reasons why he could be obedient because he knew that his obedience would not be in vain and neither were yours. Jesus saw that his obedience would lead to many more people joining his family, the household of the heavenly father. Jesus and all of this, being humble, being heedful, being hopeful. It says, lastly, that God blessed him. He blessed him. He gave Jesus all authority and power in the universe. He gave him the stewardship of the universe. So now he's not just the owner of it because he created it, but because he redeemed it, he's a steward of it. He was blessed with the entire universe and given a name above every name of every authority, every power. He's named over it all. See, be encouraged today, Second City family. Be encouraged because you may be in the wilderness experience, but I want to tell you that as you're in this wilderness experience, God is testing. He's not producing the suffering. He's not producing the pain, but he is using it to build in you the ability to handle the blessings that he wants to bring you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every person that's viewing this message. And I pray by the power of your spirit that you would move in their lives. There's some of them that has struggled during this wilderness time. They've wondered, what is this all about? And Lord, I know they've experienced opposition. I know they've experienced obstacles, but I'm asking 
that you open their eyes to see the opportunity to grow. Humble them so that they may experience their dependency on you and be fed with strength to be able to be a good steward. Help them, Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you give them the strength to obey you, to be heedful, to heed your voice and not to be trapped in the voices of popular culture, the voices of political leaders or figures. Help them, Lord, to hear your voice, to follow your word, to be positioned to receive your blessings. And I pray for those who have been despairing. They've been in the wilderness they're, and they're experiencing despair, feeling like all is lost. God, I pray that you would come right now and touch them by your spirit. Transform them. Fill them with hope. Let them see your goodness and your power to make good on your promises. Lord, open our eyes to see what you're doing. Now, if you never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you didn't know that he humbled himself and he was heedful and hopeful for you, all for you. He became a person for you. He died on the cross and heeded the Father for you. He was hopeful that you today would choose to put your trust in him so that he could release the greatest blessing upon you. Salvation, save you from death and sin and, and Satan and his grip on your life. Maybe you didn't know that he did that for you. Today is your day to respond to him and receive the blessing of salvation. I want you to pray this prayer with me if you want to. Just say, Heavenly Father, I thank you for creating me and loving me. I confess that I've sinned and I ask you to forgive me. My Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sins and you rose from the dead three days later. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Now, Holy Spirit, take my life, receive it, empower me to be able to do your will, to walk with humility, to heed the voice of the Father and to be hopeful in this life as I do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. All right, what a wonderful word that we were able to receive. And now we have the great distinct privilege of celebrating the sacrament of communion together. 
And if you're not familiar with the sacrament, it was instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ on the night that he was about to be betrayed prior to his crucifixion. And in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 22, verse 14, it reads this way, speaking of that institution. It says, And when the hour came, he, meaning Jesus, reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So when we celebrate the sacrament of communion, what we're doing is we're doing the very thing that Jesus instituted that Passover night with his disciples. We take of first the bread which is representing the broken body of Jesus Christ. And if you've never come to Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, the wrongdoing that we committed against a holy and a righteous God, this is the moment to make your peace with God by acknowledging the broken body of Jesus Christ, broken on the cross for you, that he might take the wrath of God that you deserved and that I deserved, that we might in turn go free. And so as we recognize the broken body of Jesus, let's have a word of prayer together. God Almighty, we thank you for your word to us today. And we thank you that you've given us the broken body of Jesus to be reconciled with you. God, we ask you that you would help us to make this a moment of repentance. That not only would we acknowledge the atoning work of Jesus on the cross, taking our sins in his own body, but that this would be a moment of repentance where we turn away from every known and unknown sin that we've committed against you, that we might walk in faith and in purity before you from this point forward by the power of your resurrection life in Jesus' name. And as we pray that together, you can take of the bread. But Jesus also said that there was a cup and he said that this cup represented his blood that would be spilled out on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And it was the blood of a new covenant, meaning that there was a new agreement between God and ourselves, that God, we would live wholeheartedly in faith in your son and in obedience to your command. And that as we do so, you would wash us clean of our sins, draw us near to you by the blood of Christ, and also free us of all guilt and shame before you. And as you recognize the spilled blood of Jesus for you, let's take of the juice together. So we say again to God Almighty, thank you. And as we go back into worship now, let's honor him for the precious life of his son, given freely out of love for us all. In Jesus' name. Let's just return to worship.
Yes, Lord, we're just singing about your power, your power to save us, Lord.
All right, we hope that you are strengthened by that last worship set and are once again filled with the encouragement that comes from the knowledge of God's great love for you. We're going to continue to talk about these matters in our community groups this week. So if you've not yet found one, please do go to our website where you can find both in-person and virtual options. We'll be praying for you, so let us know how we can be standing with you. And also think about how you can share this link with others who also need to be spurred on by the grace of God towards them. Uh, Do invite those same people with you to our service next week. And until then, have a wonderful week in the Lord. God bless you. We love you. And we'll see you soon.